Hey, how's it going, everyone? I'm Tim Muma, and you've ordered up Scrambled Eggs today here on LocalJobNetwork.com radio. Now, Scrambled Eggs is kind of a hodgepodge, entertaining approach to the employment realm, undoubtedly giving you a laugh, maybe making you appreciate your job a little more, or at least taking your mind off some of the stresses of life. In here, bad is often good and weird is better. Today, the topic on the menu, odd jobs that make the world go round. Sure, we could have a little fun with this, but there are always lessons to be learned. We'll also have a guest chime in later with her perspective here on localjobnetwork.com radio. So to begin, kind of from the you-never-know-where-life-is-going-to-take-you file, we're going to look at some of those odd jobs, some strange, others a little intriguing, that perhaps you didn't even realize existed. Maybe one of these you actually have the skills to give it a shot. Of course, the reason so many people overlook these occupations, we tend to focus on titles too much, executive, scientist, journalist. But the reality is... A lot of times the abilities you possess dictate those things that you can do. So hopefully this gives you a little different perspective on your job and maybe the people that help you make the world go around. With that said, kind of looking ahead at some of these jobs that, you know, you can find online, you can, you kind of don't realize until you maybe need them. Uh, The first thing that I had down, many of you know what the IMAX theater is. Well, it has a giant screen and those screens also need to be cleaned. When looking around a little bit, there actually are positions available to be an IMAX screen cleaner. Now, it may sound like it might be simple or easy, but there's a lot that goes into it. First of all, you need to be up in the air about six to eight stories high. So for some of you that eliminates you, fear of height, it's very easy to lose your balance with a place like this because you're so high up. Rounded ceilings kind of lose your place. So it may sound simple to you, And again, these aren't for everybody, but it's just kind of giving you an idea of what's out there that you may have not thought of. Other things that IMAX screen cleaners kind of need to deal with, and it's kind of the ugly side of the job, things like spit, gum, candy, even the occasional uh, snot from from kids who think it's funny. So it's not necessarily a glamorous position, but it is needed. You think of movie theaters in general and where they sell concessions, that stuff can get real messy. So again, if you're looking into something like this, make sure you do your research some of the challenges that come along with something like that position, uh, a lot of those people are always on call. If something goes wrong or hasn't been done in a while, they're going to they're gonna bring you in pretty much at their discretion. Generally, the screens last 20 to 25 years if they're taken care of properly. So it's actually a very important position. Again, something you wouldn't think of unless you were really looking for that position or if you're working at a theater that has an IMAX screen, then you realize that you know you need someone to do that. Some of the other challenges, odd hours, because obviously it's in use during the day and even most evenings. Uh, Obviously, we talked about the heights thing and the physical labor. There are many machines that go into using these, but also uh, oftentimes you need to climb ladders. You need to climb on uh, different scaffolding to be able to take care of that. So in kind of the same vein of the screen cleaner, when you talk about movies, movie character and prop replicators. Most of us here have a favorite movie. We have favorite characters. Well, because of that, because of supply and demand, people also want to have those figurines, those models that kind of embody what they enjoy. And there's actually a big business for collectibles, whether you're talking about, you know, different weapons or masks or costumes that come from the movies, especially you think of ones like Star Wars, Superman, uh, any, any time where there's a big character names that that's what people really try to focus on. So with something like that, you're looking at people who are into fine details, mimicry, oftentimes an art background. So if you think about yourself, maybe you have that art degree, maybe you've done some stuff, um, you know, drawing-wise, painting. This is actually another avenue you could go into. A lot of the challenges really come into the fact that you have to put in, obviously, long hours, 
you need to be extremely good with detail because any fan of a movie or a, a sports figure even if you don't have those details down pat they're, they're the first ones that are going to bring that up to you so i love movies is also a key because you really know those inner workings of you know how a mask looked or how a costume looked or how a character looked in general and really get those fine details down uh, other challenges it's a competitive market simply because everyone's looking to make that buck everyone's looking to, to cash in on the collectibles and also licensing depending on who you're who you're affiliated with, uh, what you're trying to sell, those can kind of be hurdles for you. So that's something, again, to look into. Another area we're going to have, that again, if you have some sort of art background, it's another avenue to, to look for those positions that maybe to you, you never thought of or, or you didn't have another avenue to try this out. The next one, again, it comes with kind of an art background, an art idea is it's listed as Ski Trail Map Illustrator. Now, it's a long phrase, but Basically what it is, anytime you go to resort, um, anytime you go to go skiing, even golf courses, they often have detailed maps, especially they go through mountains and uh, different resorts. A lot of times now they do use computers with this, but some places still really prefer a hand-painted option. And basically what this would include is going around that resort or that ski, the ski resort specifically, getting aerial photos, getting ground photos, having as many different angles and shots as you can for accuracy's sake. Then you take those back and there's uh, there are certain deadlines, certain pressures with this, but you need to then create it by hand, painting, oil painting, uh, fine details, just to make sure everything is down pat. In some of the research I've actually done, it, it shows that a lot of people say that those, especially when it comes to skiing, those maps, those trails are just as important as how good the snow is because one false turn, one missed hill, one mist, you know, valley that can obviously, obviously cause a lot of problems when you're on your skis. And as I mentioned, not just ski resorts really, but any areas where maps are, are wanted, golf courses, villages, summer resorts, kind of opens up the avenue. And with all these jobs, really, it's a matter of making phone calls. It's a matter of doing your research. It's not like these are going to be put in your local newspaper. That's kind of a by the wayside way to find positions anyway, but you really do need to dive completely into it if this is something you're interested in. Uh, again, much like the the movie prop replicator, you need to look for things. You you have to be interested in the fine detail because that is what is essential. And our background obviously is is huge. And being able to show your work to someone to kind of prove you have that ability. Some of the challenges would be travel. Uh, a lot of these people end up going across country, across the world. Uh, oftentimes, there are difficult conditions to work in, especially with the ski resorts. You're on mountainsides. You're you're flying in the air trying to uh, get shots. There are those deadlines that you have to get done, which can put a little bit of pressure on you, and oftentimes that leads to long hours. So again, with, with anything that you're looking into, whether it be your traditional you know, job in an office or with any of these kind of off-the-beaten-path ones, you need to make sure that your personality, your wants, your desires kind of fits in with what you're doing. Another one that I th found rather interesting, uh, Braille Translator. Now again, most, most of the people I know are not blind, so we don't think of this type of thing, but... It's actually very important for things like textbooks and uh, you know different works of art that people would want to pay attention to. And I'm talking literature, literature, of course. A lot of times, these translators are hired on by libraries, publishing companies, or even schools in certain instances, especially ones that are catering to, to different special needs. Again, with this, there's a certain amount of detail that goes into it. 
Oftentimes, how it's described is that you must take care of your fingers, and it sounds maybe a little silly, but taking care of your fingers to avoid cuts, scrapes, calluses, even just dryness, because that can throw off a translation. You you think of reading a word and how one letter or one mark in a letter could throw off what that is trying to tell you. It's the same way with Braille. And a lot of times, again, people don't think of this as being a position because we're not in that spot. Now, if you have a family member or a friend or you've been around people who, you know, have had poor vision or lost their eyesight, then you kind of maybe have an idea of why this is important. Furthermore, with that, you need to have an understanding of the symbols and meanings of words in both, and I call it both languages. It is, an, it is a language in and of its own as far as reading Braille. So you need to be able to understand how words translate, how phrases translate, how those symbols and meanings are different what you feel versus what you see. And in looking online and looking and talking to some of the people in that area, in that industry, uh, you know, a big thing they look for is proofreading, editing, different revisions, again, especially of textbooks, um, and, and training, training people to do this. Basically, there are a lot of aspects of this position that you could fulfill depending on what a company is looking for, what an organization is looking for. Uh, it is difficult at times trying to turn visuals into something that a blind person can understand. Obviously, trying to create that visual of what it what it looks like outside doesn't have meaning necessarily, not the same meaning that it would have to that those of us that can see well. Um, so there are a lot of challenges that go into it, but everyone I've talked to about it, they say it, it clearly gives you a, a sense of gratification, satisfaction, and that you're helping others. And it's something that you would need to work toward. And hopefully, if this is something you're interested interested in, you really do go, go ahead with it because there are positions out there to find and you will be helping someone no matter whether you are working for a library or some sort of company that's training others. Um, it really would be a, a great opportunity if you are someone that even just enjoys the English language or another language. If you're able to translate um, multiple languages, that would obviously give you a bonus. So again, we're just trying to give you ideas of some of those off the beaten path kind of occupations that uh, that you could find, especially if maybe the traditional market isn't treating you well. And the last one I had down, and again, you don't think about it necessarily, you realize they're there, but you don't take it in. Mascots, cartoon characters, uh, like your Disney characters, your amusement park characters, mascots from sports teams, even some companies, if you're talking about commercials or different kind of marketing uh, ventures, all those obviously need to be filled and it, it serves a purpose in one way of the entertainment it serves another as far as marketing and branding obviously a perk with that is you get to have fun you get to dance around nobody really knows who you are so even if you are a little more introverted have a little bit of uh, fear of embarrassment or whatever it kind of goes away because you're you're hidden behind the mask so to speak other perks if you're a if you're a mascot for a, a sports team you get to watch the games free admission you kind of get to hang around in places other people wouldn't. You know, at amusement parks, you're, you're Mickey Mouse, you're Pluto. Just those kind of little things that, you know, don't show up in a paycheck, but obviously are, are perks of the position. A lot of times you can find those to be part-time gigs. Some are able to make it into full-time uh, opportunities. Obviously, those are a little little few and far between, but that can it, it can be a possibility, again, depending on how well you do with your job and how well it's marketed and branded. Really, the challenge comes down to it's often physically demanding, um, just depending on what kind of costume you're wearing, uh, what kind of activities you're, you're doing. Uh, and a lot of times, a lot of times, there is a little bit of uh, lack of flexibility, just depending on what you're doing. Uh, if you're with a, a sports team, obviously, there are designated times that you're going to have to be there. At amusement parks, there are peak hours that they prefer people there. So, uh, again, just like with any job, look into it, find out what works for you. And, again, maybe it starts off as a part-time thing that you enjoy doing, and it turns into something 
something bigger and better. Um, and kind of along those same ideas of, of entertaining others and kind of dressing up, doing things for the kids, um, it kind of falls right in line with our guest today. Uh, she's kind enough to join us here. Her name is Christine Wolf. Christine, thanks for joining us today. You're welcome, Tim. Um, I guess instead of me describing your unique profession, your kind of uh, realm in this entertainment idea, uh, fill us in a little bit on what you would see as kind of your title and organization. Well, Tim, I guess I would just say I'm Miss Sparkle the Clown, also face painter, balloon twister. I'm the owner of my own company called Invent Event Entertainment LLC. I can also be found under wisconsinclowns.com. But what I do is I clown. I clown around. <laughs> and it fits my personality. I love people. I love children. And it's just been a very rewarding experience. Cool. And, you know, again, that's something that the average person doesn't necessarily think about until it's time for a birthday party or it's time for something where, oh, you know, it'd be great, a clown. Um, I guess maybe describe a little bit why why you did choose to become a clown and maybe kind of the path and how it all came to be. Well, I might date myself here, <laughs> but it started when I was six years old. I saw a Walt Disney movie titled Toby Tyler, and it was about a little boy that lost his parents and lived with a strict aunt and uncle, and he felt they didn't want him there, so he ran away from home to join the circus. And when he went to the circus, he wasn't welcomed by some of the other actors very well, but some real friendly, kind, caring clowns took him under their wing and showed him the ropes. And as with all Disney movies, it had a happy ending. So I thought, when I grew up, I want to be a clown because I want to be nice like those clowns were. Uh, as I got older, I found out the only place that taught clowning that I knew of was in Orlando, Florida, the Ringling Brothers Winter Home. Well, being in Wisconsin and not even having a driver's license yet, I knew that was kind of not possible, so it was out of sight, out of mind. Six years ago, I went back to school to get a degree in mechanical design, and during a break on the bulletin board, I saw this notice that said, uh, clowns, clown class is starting soon. <laughs> and I'm like, oh my gosh, are you kidding me? I could still be a clown. So I called my sister. I said, guess what? I've always wanted to be a clown, and clown classes are starting at WCTC in Waukesha, and I'm going to start clown classes. And she said, are you kidding? I've always wanted to be a clown, too. <laughs> so we started together, took the eight-week course, and graduated in November six years ago. Since that time, her and I have attended clown college at UW-La Crosse one week each summer for five years, and that is closed now. It's not available anymore. But in the meantime, I continue my education by going to clown conventions throughout the Midwest and Florida, also the International Face and Body Art Convention in Florida. So it's I've just found this really rewarding. I love it. I'm passionate about it, and I love kids. I love adults. Old and young, it doesn't matter. I just really care about people, and I want to bring them kindness and joy that that movie brought to me many years ago. Sure. Well, that, that's cool that you saw something so long ago and kind of always had that in your in your heart and in your mind, and you know, you you, you kind of found your way there. So that that's really cool. I guess kind of with that, and you touched on it maybe a little bit. Is are, what are the things that you really enjoy most about being a clown? The things I enjoy most are the smiles on the kids' faces or even on the adults' faces when I'm in a parade, uh, the joy I bring to a family when I'm doing a birthday party or a corporate event where the owners come up and say thank you so much. It helps them have an intent entertainer there so that they're not focused on 
how to entertain their guests. They kind of turn it over to me or my workers, and we kind of take care of entertaining children, the adults, whoever might be there. Um, We've done small birthday parties where there's maybe two or three children to huge corporate events where there's 1,600 employees. And my favorite part, I have to say, is the smiles on people when I look at their face and I see that they really enjoyed having us there. Sure. Obviously, with any job, position, there are certain challenges, I would imagine. Uh, What would you tell someone who is looking at getting into it or just someone who's listening that a challenge would be of your position? Well, one of the challenges is it's not just all fun and games. (laughs) I thought when I became a clown, I was just going to go to birthday parties and parades and have fun. Well, then I found out you have to think about insurance. You have to have a liability insurance to protect yourself. Mm. You also have to learn a little bit about psychology, how to approach children, how to approach adults, uh, what to do if somebody, if a little child wants to come up and stamp on your foot, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, or pinch your nose, how to nicely just Mm -hmm. back away, uh, how to treat children that are afraid of you, you know, especially small ones. That's one one question I would have definitely had. I mean, just for whatever reason, the kids are afraid. How, not to interrupt you, but how do you, how do you handle that specifically? For the very, for the very small children, I mean, they're used to seeing Mickey Mouse and cartoon characters on TV. Mm -hmm. But when it's 3D, when you're in their face, it's frightening. It's scary to them at first. So what I do is I never come at a child. I let them come to me. I give them their space. I never you know, encroach on them. Uh, I usually don't have a problem because I'm kind of a childish clown, very, very friendly. And I also get down to the child's level. If I see they're hesitant, I back away. Uh, Teenagers. Teenagers have a big thing with being afraid of clowns. I think it's because (laughs) of the scary clown movies. Uh, If they're truly afraid, I back off. Right. And you, you get the ones that say, come over here and scare my friend. She doesn't like clowns. <laughs> and I'm like, no, that's okay. I just back away, wave, and move on. Okay. Um, that's the best thing you can do is if they're afraid, back off. Mm-hmm. You know, with any position, you have certain skills or personality traits maybe that, that lend itself to, to be successful. What are the skills that you would point to someone who is interested in, in becoming a clown? First of all, I think it's it's the same thing you need for any job, anything that you're doing, kindness, friendliness, integrity, honesty, good ethics. You have to treat people well, and that'll come back to you. And I think that is a big part of why my company is becoming so successful. We strive to leave a good impression when we leave. Things that also have helped is it's a continuation of education. I didn't just go to clown classes and stop there. It's a continuing thing where I read all the time. I watch videos. I go to any convention that I can get to easily and sometimes not so easily. It's just growing continually. You don't want to get stale. You want to be on top of the game so that people are like looking. She's unique. I like that. (laughs) I have seen everything else before and she brought something fresh to it. Even if it's an old routine, if you can put a fresh spin on it, people like that. Sure. Kind of along those lines, I guess, um, somebody who's thinking about being a clown, you know, for whatever reason, maybe they had the childhood idea like you did, maybe somebody like you inspired them in some way. What would be their first step? Where would they look? Where would they go? How would they jump into that idea as a profession? Call me. (laughs) But mostly take a deep breath and jump in. Don't not do it. Go for it. Uh, Right now, 
And each fall, sometimes in spring also, UW and Waukesha is offering clown classes. In fact, Tim, they're starting Tuesday, September 18th, UW Waukesha. If they would like more information, they can call 262-521-5460. Go for it. It's a wonderful class. They teach you how to put on makeup, costuming, marketing, business, insurance, history, juggling, magic, face painting. (laughs) They put it all in there. And uh, if you take those classes, you won't be disappointed. And if you're thinking about becoming a clown, call for it. Don't stop. You're never too old. You're never too old to have fun and just go for it. Good. That's that's great advice for whatever you're going into, whether it be a clown or, you know, accountant, whatever you really love. Absolutely. Follow your dream. Don't let anyone tell you you can't. Just do it. Sure. Good. That's good advice. Uh, You know, and along a little bit with that, you say go for it. Don't let anybody get in the way of your dreams. People are going to have perceptions or, or whatever it might be. When you've talked to people and you've told them, you know, this is what I do, I, you know, I'm a clown, I entertain, what's kind of, what's the general reaction that you get, whether it be from adults, kids, family, coworkers, strangers, what, what are kind of the reactions you, you tend to get? I usually get, are you kidding me? <laughs> you mean like in a real clown, like with the big nose and the big shoes? Right. And I'm like, yes, and I love it. And then they're usually like, well, tell me more. Where do you go? What do you do? Um, how do you dress? And then I pull out a business card, always give out cards, mm-hmm. uh, and I explain it to them. And I tell them, you know, it's something that I'm really passionate about and something I really enjoy. Well, you touched on a little bit earlier, too, and I guess I just want to give you another chance to kind of get it out there as far as what sort of services you do provide and if they wanted to get in contact with you, the best way to go about that. Okay. I offer private birthday parties, company picnics, corporate events, balloon deliveries, anything that people are really looking for an entertainer to come to. I come dressed in my full clown costume as Miss Sparkle, but I also come if they do not want a clown because some of their children are afraid. I come just dressed in bright, cheery, friendly clothes for face painting, balloon twisting, and a little bit of birthday magic. Um, My favorite things to do, and the real reason I got into it is I wanted to do nursing homes and hospitals children's hospital and just get into the volunteer volunteer aspect of it. But then I found out because of the insurance and the costuming and the supplies, sometimes you do need to get paid. <laughs> and that part amazed me when I went to my first convention and one of my friends, clown friends, was buying expensive shoes and noses and makeup and and I'm looking at my checkbook, how much can I spend? <laughs> and she said, Oh, I just use my clown money. And I'm like, clown money? What is clown money? And she said, it's the money that you get paid for doing birthday parties and corporate events. And I'm like, you mean you get paid for this? <laughs> and that's where I realized you can make a good living on being a professional clown. Sure. Uh, you can make big money. There's There are entertainers out there that you know support themselves and their families and send their kids to college on it. It can be as, as big an income as you want it to be. You know, put yourself in at 100% and you'll get 100% back. And um, once again, just so people can reach you, whether it be through, you know, contact with you or your website, um, anything you wanted to put out there, they could reach you. Okay. I love clowning. And if you have any questions on it, the best way to contact me or if you'd like to hire me or any of my workers, you can contact me at miss-sparkle.com. Don't forget that hyphen. Or wisconsinclowns.com. Either one is my website. Or you can email me at 
clownfromtheheart at yahoo.com. Or if you just want to use a phone call, just give me a call at 262-305-2259. Okay, great. And I guess one last thing before I was going to let you go, and I didn't really mention it on here necessarily for you, but um, if you were going to pick out your special talent, your you know standout part of your performance or your entertaining or you as a clown, what would you point to as, as your unique top-of-the-line skill? I would have to say face painting. I do full face face painting. I've also done prenatal belly art where you paint the pregnant sure. belly. Right. Uh, but mostly face painting. All kids, young and old, love it. I go to a birthday party or a company picnic and the children line up and all of a sudden the parents are like, wow, am I too old to get painted? <laughs> <laughs> I've painted grandmas and grandpas and they they apologize for the wrinkly skin. And you know what? I said, those are laugh lines and they're beautiful and it doesn't matter. You know, it, it's a beautiful canvas no matter who it is. Is that a challenge? A little wrinkly, more wrinkly skin than the, than the kids? No, not really. <laughs> I just make every person that I paint or twist a balloon for or entertain for, I make each person that's in front of me feel special. It's their moment. And a lot, a lot of times kids or people, they're not told enough how special they are. So when they're in front of me, I make them feel special. It's their moment. It's their time. Well, we have arrived to the finish line today here on Scrambled Eggs, so hopefully people got a little entertainment, maybe got some ideas of their own. And again, please send us your comments and ideas for the show to ljnradio at localjobnetwork.com. Thank you once again to Christine Wolf for joining us. I appreciate you being on. You're welcome, Tim. Hopefully you've enjoyed this part. We're going to try to maybe mix it up a little bit with what we do on Scrambled Eggs, giving you a more entertainment, uh, laid-back look. And, of course, your ideas are going to help us. So until next time, I'm your host, Tim Yuma, and we'll talk to you later. 